Welcome to the Scalar Learning Podcast, your central hub for all things related to education. Join us every episode for the most up-to-date tips and strategies on how to maximize student potential. Sit back, listen, and enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Scalar Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Huzefa, as always. And today we got a very cool episode, a super interesting topic, almost on the philosophical side, if you will. We are talking about what you should know after going through the entire education system. And moreover, this is all about, in an ideal world, in a utopian world, what would the most purest, amazing, and applicable form of education look like? What would it be like? Now, this is an article that I'm going to be sharing from that I pulled from The Atlantic, and it's literally titled, What Kids Should Know By The Time They're Done With School. But it features all these short responses from prominent folks in the education world, in the education sphere. And it's so cool because I think what you'll generally notice is that it's, A lot of the advice from these different folks, it's not so much about the content, although it is to a certain degree, but it's more about general skills, attitudes, mindsets, as well as delivery methods, talks about teachers, talks about effective explainers, things like that. Such a cool thing. And I wanted to share this with all the parents just to give them an idea of also What should you be thinking about? What are skills that, of course, you have your own personal experiences as an adult out there in the real world, but to give you more an idea of what are other things that you can work on at home or work on trying to integrate into your kids' education so that they're gleaning as much as possible from this process so that they can be a happy and productive adult. So let's get into it. We asked prominent voices in education from policymakers and teachers to activists and parents to look beyond politics and law and funding and imagine a utopian system of learning. They went back to the drawing board to build an educational garden of Eden and were publishing their answers to to one question. And that question is, what should students be expected to know by the time they leave school? First, we have... Rita Pin Afrens, the Director of Education Policy for the Southeast Asia Resource Action Center. Students will leave school with the ability to think critically and independently, to leverage and adapt to ever-shifting technology and modes of communication, to navigate and direct their own independent research, and to understand how to collaborate with others. There also will be a stronger focus on both career preparation and college readiness. That means integrating the soft skills and current, that current employers find valuable, as well as technology readiness. Now, you see a lot of this stuff, it's not saying, hey, we need to up the scores on math. We need to do it's, – it's not concrete things. It's sort of – in a way, it's more abstract, but it's, it's so right on – it nails it right on the head. I mean these are a lot of skills that hopefully will be built – through that process, but aren't necessarily focused on a lot of times in most education systems. Math doesn't always have to be taught in a 40 to 50 minute dedicated chunk of time. It can be if that's appropriate for the age and learning objectives, but we need to reorganize and disrupt how we are currently teaching students. Very interesting. 
Now we go to Nicholson Baker, the author of Substitute. Debating the design of core curricula is always for grown-ups to entertain themselves, but it doesn't help children get anywhere worth going. We will demand that all reformers and armchair rigorists do some actual public school teaching, maybe three weeks as a substitute every year, as a precondition to furthering their proposed changes. <laughs> That's a great point. Most learning, beginning with speech, which is the real miracle, happens outside of school. But reading in school is crucial, obviously. More silent reading and reading to friends, reading of anything, is a good idea. Kids know how to talk. They're remarkably enterprising talkers. In fact, but many stumble over the decoding of simple sentences, even in high school. Some days, if they hate eye-reading, let them listen to audiobooks and podcasts, whatever holds their interest and delights them and makes them laugh. Have them write in one or two paragraph bursts after they've done some reading. Don't require outlines. Toss the standard essay form out the window. Avoid horrible two-week-long projects. Hire teachers who are good explainers, who are curious about the world's infinite subject matter. Pay them more, awesome, and give them their heads. Let them lead their classes in surprising directions. So interesting. You can tell she's an author because she writes very beautifully. This is interesting, too. I like, I like, I'm all about this. I'm all about trying to fire up interest and be passionate about things as opposed to putting your head down and just going for it. Uh, of course, you have to do that in certain cases, but it's how I live my life. I wish I would have started living my life that way at an earlier age, but we don't always know exactly what to do, and life can be kind of scary, <laughs> to be honest. So you want to do things that you feel are safe early on, but then slowly, hopefully, you start opening up your perspective and mindset to all that's possible, and it doesn't seem so scary anymore. Okay, next, Carol Burris, the Executive Director of the Network for Public Education. Anyone who claims they know what students will need to know and be able to do 20 years from now is engaging in speculation. Technology is moving at an astounding rate, and the job market of the next generation is impossible to predict. We do students a disservice when we follow fads. Students will learn technological skills on their own. What remains invaluable is a sound academic education that develops well-rounded, informed citizens of the nation and the world. Our society needs adults who are competent, critical readers who can write with clarity and purpose. Now, I got to tell you, this is something that I've discovered that is so important. In the practice of law, it's absolutely essential to be a... You could take most attorneys at these prominent law firms and they're, for lack of a better word, they're professional writers. That's what they do. That's the craft that they're constantly honing and refining. And it is, I think it's important across the board in so many different fields and we work on it, but definitely I think that's, that's an area that could use a bit more, a bit more focus. Fluency in math is important not only for the development of computational skills, but also because of the abstract reasoning it develops. Now, this is, uh, well, let me keep reading. As important as literacy, well, okay, let me stop for a second. I, Bill Davidson, he was a guest on my show previously. He's an expert in a particular pedagogy called Singapore Math, which we use at the school that I'll be teaching at this year. And he talks about this idea of math being valuable just because of the problem-solving capabilities that solving math problems ends up instilling within, within kids, within adults, so on and so forth. And it's so true. 
it's it's such an amazing workout for your brain. It's why I like doing it now, even in my spare time, going through some of these. I was just going through some GRE practice math questions, and it's it's fun. It's enjoyable once you get the hang of it. Uh, so I think there's a lot of merit to that, even if you don't go into a field that is math heavy. Okay, the, as important as literacy and nu- numeracy are, students deserve so much more. They need knowledge of historical events along with the ability to analyze those events from differing points of view. Students deserve to communicate in a second language. A physical or biological science, along with hands-on laboratory experiences, will be part of school curriculum every year. And all students will participate in the arts at least through their elementary and middle school years. Okay, interesting. Next, Catherine Crushenberry, the Executive Director of Parents for Public Schools. Content will address cognitive development, but also social, emotional, and physical needs. How this is addressed is age-related. Students need content to equip them for their future lives as adults, traditional subjects, but also courses in psychology, economics, life skills, drugs, medicine, and philosophy, world religions. Students will leave school with knowledge of themselves, their strengths, their abilities, and their areas needing growth. Subjects will vary for the different grade levels, But at each level, there will be an integration of real-world application. Science will involve project-based learning, I did an episode on this, and service learning, such as making a useful product. Teachers will play a major role in helping to organize the day. They know students the best. Traditional subjects will have to be taught within context and with unconventional methods, such as the use of music, songwriting, raps, visual art, and trips outside the classroom. Okay, awesome. So I'm so on board with with Catherine. Of course, if you've perused my website or my YouTube channel, uh, you know I'm a big fan of vocabulary. I have them on the show, but I myself am a huge lover of music and trying to integrate that into what I'm trying to build as far as all these educational resources, and I just made a song recently on the quadratic formula. Got a new one coming out uh, just around the corner, hopefully in a few weeks on Slope Intercept, which is going to be really, really fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to shooting that video. But absolutely, I mean, my general, really everything I do, you can boil it down to trying to have fun. Uh, me, myself, as well as my students. I think this, I think this is right on point. Okay, next we go to Michael Horn, the co-founder of the Clayton Christensen Institute. Content knowledge is critical to helping students build higher order skills such as critical thinking, communication, and collaboration. Accordingly, content knowledge will continue to matter, but students will learn content in different ways. From online modules to in-person sessions, a core set of standards will be critical for all students to master, or in some cases gain exposure to, in English, math, history, and science. These standards should be fewer, such that as students master them, they can go deep in areas they enjoy to find their passions and develop expertise. Beautiful, of course. Something that, again, I wish was more possible for me at a younger age. I think, I gotta tell you, I I always thought that when people would tell me to follow my passions or do things that I was interested in, I assumed it was more or less lip service. And really, you just do the best you can, try and get into the most prestigious field. I never really paid much attention to it. And now, obviously, my life perspective has shifted drastically. I think that there is, there, there can be a bit of incongruence 
between that message. I think a lot of parents do tell the kids to follow, to do what you're interested in. And actually, I mean, my parents did. They would tell me that. But then you see what everybody's striving for. You see what other parents seem to want their kids to do and what makes them happy when they get into a certain university or when they get into a certain field. And what is universally or societally accepted as high value, if you will. So you have this incongruence between maybe what you're being told as far as pursuing your passions and then what you see, especially for somebody like me who is passionate. And one thing that I used to be hugely passionate about was music and singing. And I mean, I just, I wanted to be in that world, but it didn't really mesh with everything that I saw as far as what you quote unquote should be doing. So I think that that can be confusing for kids. And sometimes, so I mean, my message on this, of course, you may disagree, but I really do think you should be telling them and meaning it. And that is something to be valued above anything else. Okay, finally, physical education will continue to have a role in schools, but the purpose will be to help students lead healthy lives, not necessarily to develop athletes, uh, but to bolster learning as evidence shows that exercising before learning can greatly improve productivity. All right, and now we will go to Richard Kallenberg, a senior fellow at the Century Foundation. The Knowledge Matter campaigns notes that cramp, the cramped nature of modern schools, narrow focus on math and reading skills from, okay, colon, from ancient civilizations to faraway galaxies, from tyrants to heroines, from terrible wars to magnificent works of art. The world of knowledge contains wonders that young people eagerly explore when given the opportunity. Children will leave school with a grounding in all the critical disciplines and with a special emphasis on the knowledge and values required to be democratic citizens. The original function of American public schools was not only to produce skilled workers for a market economy, but also intelligent participants in America's experiment in self-governance. In the 1930s, when dangerous demagogues were taking power throughout the world, FDR noted that democracy cannot succeed unless those who express their choices are prepared to choose wisely. The real safeguard of democracy, therefore, is education. It's interesting when I just went to this seminar on responsive classroom the Earl Hunter, he basically, he was leading the seminar. I remember he, he mentioned actually multiple times that one of our goals as teachers is to help kids become kind people in the real world, to help them become, and he used this funny example, not the person in line who at a grocery store, who when the person in front of them is, is trying to figure out whether to swipe or use the chip reader in the card, they don't sit there and get frustrated and they say, oh, God, what's wrong with this guy? And people who are, who are a bit rude or unpleasant, instead we are trying to, and, and it was such a simple example, but it's true, just to have some tolerance, to have some compassion, to have some empathy. And I think that actually is probably at a core level, at a foundational level, one of the most important roles for teachers as far as how to prepare their kids for the real world, to build a better world, to build a world where we care more about each other and do things for the sake of other people, service to others more so than service to self. Great point. And, and, and I do think that's probably one of the most important pieces of the education puzzle, often overlooked. 
Okay. We're going to end with Michelle Ree, the founder of Students First. The goal of pre-K through 12 education will be to ensure that students graduate with options. They will be able to move on to higher education or into a well-paying career and have the skills and knowledge to do so. In addition to the traditional subjects like math and language arts, schools will provide opportunities along a broad range of educational options from coding to culinary arts, physics to physical education, and music theory to Mandarin. Teachers in schools must be empowered and accountable to design a curriculum that devotes time to traditional instruction as well as real-world application. Everybody's talking about real world, real world, and I think that's true. I think that's a great point. So we're going to end it there. If I had to say, if I had to weigh in on this, and gosh, I mean, I think most of the points in there were covered, but I'll, I'll have to end with saying that, again, I think emphasis on passion would be the absolute, probably the, the cornerstone of whatever future curricula I would develop. But moreover... Project-based learning to me is something that's that's really cool, but what, what I want to introduce, what I'd love to see introduced in the education system is a much wider range of flexibility so that you can figure out what your passions are. There's so many books written on the topic. I remember when I was leaving the practice of law, I was trying to figure out what to do, and I think I mistakenly believed that the the inspiration would, would just be there. I could research it to death and find the ultimate career that I would just love, and that would be that. And I remember reading a book, I think it was in The Unhappy Lawyer, I believe that was the title. They talked about the, the, they essentially tried to dispel this notion, the author of The Unhappy Lawyer, and said that it's not, you're not going to figure out what you like just by serendipity or by thinking, it's by doing. It's by going out there, trying a lot of things and figuring out what really lights your fire. So how can we figure that out or how can we expect kids to do that if they're not given the flexibility and freedom to try a lot of stuff? So in sum, what I'd love to see is more, for example, simple example, reading. Instead of having the class, and, and I know this would be very difficult, I'm sure people have tried this, but a simple example, letting them read whatever the heck they want to read that interests them, that is, that is fun and that evokes a sense of curiosity and fascination. And I know that would present problems as far as every you know, sharing with each other and things like that, but that's, that's one simple example. Another example, have a more involved project that complete, completely revolves around a child's interest that they could hopefully turn into a business. I was just talking to one of my students the other day, and he's actually a professional surfer at a very young age, phenomenal kid, just so motivated. And he started a business around surf products. And because he loves surfing and he's done this, he's 10, <laughs> he's amazing. So he started a business selling products and merchandise and things like that, that like something like that is so cool. And that is, could be what he does for the, he probably will become a, a professional surfer as an adult, but he could even still run this business. That to me is so cool. He's already fired up about it. Why not further that interest and essentially give him something super valuable that then he can take with him for the rest of his life. That's what I'd like to see. That's it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for joining. If you guys have any questions or comments, as always, email me at huzefa at scalarlearning.com. And again, if you want to check out this article, it'll be in the show notes. 
You can get the show notes at www.scalerlearning.com. And if you haven't subscribed yet, by the way, we got amazing stuff coming out this school year. I'm going to be doing roundtables with my students. It's going to be awesome. So definitely make sure to subscribe. We got a lot of good content coming up. It's going to get hectic here in a week. School starts for me on September 8th when I'm going to do my best to keep up this frenetic pace that I've had for the po- for podcasting this summer because it's been so much fun getting to talk to different listeners and see the feedback. It's been great. So I really want to keep it going. It's going to be hard. Can't say, uh, can't say for sure how it's going to go, the frequency, but I'm going to try my hardest to keep going one every day because I've really enjoyed it and I've learned a lot from the entire process as well. So thank you guys. I'll see you guys next time. Take it easy.